Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to another healing conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. My name is Loren Gailey, and today we're going to be talking about UFOs, crop circles, and the coming of the world teacher. My guest today lectures on the ageless wisdom teachings, and he's got a unique message and a very positive perspective for us all to remember. Richard Larson is the creator of the audio series Points to Ponder, and he's here today to share his conviction that we are now in a very special time of world change, and it's the beginning of a new era of awareness which will offer tremendous opportunities for personal growth and enlightenment. Welcome, Richard. Thank you very much, Loren. It's great to be on your show. Let's just dive right into this. UFOs, crop circles, the coming of the world teacher. What's going on? Well, the first thing I'd like your listeners to know, Loren, um, I just want to tell them not to believe anything I say. (laughs) And the reason I say that is, Please don't believe anything I say just because I say it, and you as well, Loren. What I would like you to do is run it through your common sense, through your life experience. I don't believe in blind belief. And um, so what I would just like everyone to know is that it's okay if they only believe or if only 10% or 20% of what I have to say today makes any sense to them, that's fine with me. You mentioned the Ageless Wisdom teachings, and I I may as well um, start off by by giving you the basis for my information. My information does come from something called the Ageless Wisdom teachings. It's an ancient, ancient philosophy, Loren. It's not a religion, um, and it is so old that it is said to, that, that some of the truths of the Ageless Wisdom are said to underlie all of the world's major religions. The two most recent teachers of the Ageless Wisdom have been a woman named Alice A. Bailey. Uh, Alice Bailey wrote books in the 30s and 40s. She wrote over 20 books on the Ageless Wisdom teachings. And then the most recent revealer of the Ageless Wisdom is a man named Benjamin Krem, C-R-E-M-E. Benjamin Krem lives in London. Um, He is still alive. He is unlike um, Alice Bailey, and he is still traveling the world. Um, He's in his 80s now, but he has an unbelievable amount of energy. And he has been going around the world for about 35 years now, um, talking about the world teacher, talking about the new age, the new cosmic cycle that we are in now, and what a wonderful world we can expect to have in the future. He uh, has been trained to receive this ageless wisdom teachings from some of the ancient masters. Now, when I say masters, I'm talking about people who have gone through human evolution ahead of us and have learned all the lessons that planet Earth has to teach us and become permanent spirits and are now... Um, part of what's called the spiritual hierarchy or the kingdom of souls or the lords of compassion. These are these uh, perfected human beings that have stuck around planet Earth, thank goodness, 
to help oversee our evolution over the ages and over the eons from behind the scenes to inspire and encourage humanity. They are the source of the great inspiration of some of our great um, historians of the past. So one of these masters, there are 63 of them that have remained with planet Earth. You would know some of them as uh, perhaps um, Confucius, Jesus, um, and other great teachers from the past, uh, Krishna, and so on. Um, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, is one of the great uh, masters. Well, Benjamin Krem was contacted by one of them in 1974, I believe it was, um, and was told that he could play a part in the unrolling of the future if he chose to, and he said, I choose to, and so he was trained um, for him this job, basically so that he wouldn't be discouraged <laughs> by, by people who are saying he's full of wind, you know, <laughs> and, um, and so he is in constant 24-hour contact with one of these great masters, and that's the source of his information. So now you know where my information comes from. Now, is the source of his master, is that Maitreya, Lord Maitreya? No, Lord Maitreya is the world teacher. He is the master of all the masters. He's the head of the spiritual hierarchy. It is one of his disciples, one of the other masters, that is in constant contact with Benjamin Cram. When I say masters, I don't mean because they're masters over us or they're masters over anybody else. I want to make that clear too, Loren. Uh, that they're masters over themselves. <laughs> Ascended masters. Right. So let's talk about the Norway Blue Spiral. We saw okay. December 9th, 2009, amazing lights over Norway. Yeah. They were trying to say that that was a Russian missile gone afoul or astray. Mm. Um, and, of course, that, that couldn't possibly be true if you've seen the pictures of it. I mean, they're just... Every every contrail and every circle is perfectly concentric. I mean, it, it's perfectly formed. It's perfectly shaped. Um, now we get into the whether or not people believe there are UFOs and whether or not we are visited from people from outer space and other planets. Um, my information is that, in fact, we are. That, that as, as a matter of fact, every planet in our solar system is inhabited by humanity. And that there is nowhere in cosmos where there isn't humanity, in fact. And that the uh, UFOs, the spaceships that we um, are aware of, come from other planets in our solar system. Um, it's, it's my information that, and Benjamin Krem's information from his master, that the actual manufacturing plant for most of these spaceships is Mars. Mars is the manufacturing plant, and they are very, very good at it. Apparently, they are tireless workers. Now, if, if, if we send something up to Mars that we have, and it looks around and it doesn't see anything, that doesn't mean Mars isn't inhabited. It... What's at issue here is our ignorance of the states of matter. There are seven states of matter, and we're only aware of three. We're aware of solid, liquid, and gas. But above gas, there are four other higher vibration levels of matter 
called etheric matter, like ethers, a very, very high, fine gas. Well, it's above that, because that's a gas. But there, there are four levels, getting finer as you go up, of matter that we can't see. We can see solid, we can see liquid, and sometimes we can see gas, and sometimes we can't. Well, the etheric matters, we can't see at all. Now, it's true, there are a few people on the planet that have etheric vision, and so they can see at least some etheric matter, but most of us don't. I certainly don't. And um, so that is what these people exist on. They exist on the etheric planes. They're, they have buildings on Mars and Venus. We will never see them. <laughs> because they're etheric. The people are etheric. The only time we see them, their spaceships are etheric. The only time we see their spaceships are when they lower their vibration low enough, on purpose, intentionally, so that we can see them. And then they can just raise their vibration, and poof, they're gone, and we don't see them anymore. Now, this is almost as if you're talking about different dimensions. Yeah, but it's not. It's all in our dimension, and it's all in our time. Okay. It's just matter that we can't see. I know it's very confusing, and, and it's, it's something that humanity is totally unaware of so far. So it is confusing when you first hear about it. There are levels of matter that, that we, don't, we can't touch, we can't see, we're not aware of. I'll give you an example of, of a level, a theoric level of energy that is hurting humanity tremendously worldwide. Nuclear radiation. Um, according, according to my information, all of the nuclear plants are leaking tremendous amounts of nuclear radiation, but our instruments are too crude to measure the leak. The energy that is leaking is etheric energy, and it is nuclear, and it is devastating. And what it is doing is destroying the humanity's immune system. And we're becoming more susceptible to things like cancer and so on um, as time goes on. Um, cancer especially, I'm told, and I'm also told um, senility, um, not senility, what's the word I'm looking for? Alzheimer's. Yes, Alzheimer's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's one of the main causes of Alzheimer's is nuclear radiation that's leaking out. Now, we can be grateful for the Space Brothers because for many years now they have had huge ships up there that are mopping up our nuclear leaks and the rest of our pollution. They have been trying to help keep our planet alive for us. We owe them a great karmic debt. By the way, the Space Brothers um, haven't had, they are nothing but good. Right. The wonderful, wonderful people who love us and care about us. These stories about them slaughtering cattle and taking people up there and sticking needles in them, none of that is true. They are our brothers. And just like the human body is a system, planet Earth is a system, our solar system is a system. And it is made up of the different planets. And our solar system evolves just as Earth evolves, just as humanity evolves. And right now, when, when one part of the system is breaking down and holding back the growth of the system, everyone rushes in to help. Well, that's what's happened. Planet Earth is holding back the evolution of the solar system right now because of our tremendous pollution and because of our wars. We won't stop going to war. 
And so the Space Brothers have rushed in to help us. There are more and more every year coming to help us. They don't want to scare us. That's why they're being very careful about letting us know they're here. But they want to they wanna let us know. And so they will lower the vibration of their ship so that we can see their ships every once in a while. Um, that spaceship that crashed in the desert in the 1950s. Um, in Roswell? Yes, Roswell. That was real. That was a Martian spacecraft manned by three Martians, one of whom was pregnant. Um, who volunteered to die mm. to give us evidence that they are out there. So they lowered their vibration, they crashed, and they died. And the autopsy films that are on YouTube that you see, those are real. Mm -hmm. But of course their bodies can't be found now, neither can the spacecraft, because it, ultimately it's etheric energy, and it returned to etheric energy, so, so it's nowhere to be found. But, but it was solid long enough for them to do those autopsies and for them to discover the crash and so on. Um, that was real. And they're, they're very gently trying to let us know that they're here. They don't want to alarm us. They don't want to scare us. Um, so the crop circles are one of the ways they're doing that, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. <clears throat> but the, the Space Brothers are helping the world teacher come forward. You see, it's a new age, as you said in the introduction to this show. It's a new age. It's a new cosmic cycle. With each cosmic cycle, with each age, comes a teacher, to, or more, more than one, to bring the revelation of that age. 2,000 years ago, the great teacher Jesus came to inaugurate that age with the teaching of love, which no other teacher had, had, had brought to humanity. Well, the age 2,000 years ago your, your listeners may, may know, that was the age of Pisces. He came to inaugurate the age of Pisces. And, of course, the symbol for Pisces is the fish. So it's no accident that in the Christian Bible there are all these references to fish. I'll make you fishers of men. He chose fishermen as some of his disciples. He fed the crowd with fish. There are these tremendous analogies. The symbol, other than the cross, the symbol for Christianity is the fish. Mm -hmm. was well, no accident that he was the teacher for the age of Pisces 2,000 years ago. It's been 2,000 years. The energies of Pisces are now leaving us, and we're now entering a new age, which everybody probably knows, is the age of Aquarius. And the symbol for Aquarius is the man carrying a pot of water. And so it's time for a new teacher, the teacher for the age of Aquarius. And um, so these space brothers, I'm getting to, I'm getting to your Norway blue light. <laughs> <Honest. laughs> these space brothers are here on four missions. They have four spiritual missions that, that they are here for. And one of them is to help the world teacher come forward without infringing our free will. Humanity has free will. It's sacred. Um, for the very, very first book in the Bible, Adam and Eve, they had a choice. We've always had a choice. That's how we learn and that's how we grow, by making a choice and then learning from our choice. We can learn from a good choice. We can learn from a poor choice. And that's how we grow. So our free will is sacred, and any help that we get, they're not going to just show up and say, okay, I'm here to help you. I'm the world teacher, da-da-da. No, no, no. We have to invite them in. 
we have to invite them to participate. We have to ask them who they are and, and who he is, for example. Well, the Space Brothers are helping him come forward. One of the ways they're doing this is they have four huge, huge spaceships. They're the size, the diameter is five football fields. Wow. Yeah. They were made specifically for this purpose. They were made on, one was made on Mars, one was made on Jupiter, one was made on Venus, and then one other planet that has remained unnamed. And they are up in the sky now. If you look up in the sky, or your listeners look up in the sky at night, even sometimes during the day it can be seen, they will see a star, a bright star, one of the brightest objects in the sky, and it will glitter like a star, shimmers, except that it, and it can be seen from anywhere in the world because there are four of them, one north, one south, one east, one west, and they, they look like a star, except they're brighter, and they change colors, and they'll shimmer, and they'll move, and then they'll stand still, and it'll be blue, then it'll be red, then it'll be green, then it'll be white, then they change colors. These are four great spaceships up there to announce the arrival of the teacher for the age of Aquarius, just as a great star announced the arrival of the baby Jesus and led the three um, wise men, came to rest, the star moved and came to rest over where the baby Jesus lay and shined a light down on the baby Jesus, and they went and found the baby Jesus, the teacher for the age of Pisces. That star was a UFO, two and a half football fields wide, and they only needed one then because the only certain people had to see it. A similar event is happening now, and you'll see, like I said, if you look up there, you'll see this star, and it's amazing, it's amazing. They will sometimes respond to human thought. One woman um, that I know here in the United States um, said to the star, she saw it, and she said, if you're the star, can I see another one, please? And she waited a while, several minutes, and another one came, moved over right beside it. And then another one came over, and then another one. All four of them were lined up. Mm. And they were there for about five minutes, and then they took off. Now, what they have to do then is they have to go, they have to leave Earth's proximity and get as close to the sun as they can get to absorb more energy so they can come back and do more shining. So they get their energy from the sun. They recharge, you know, from the sun. Uh, but that's what they're up there for. Now, the light over Norway... Mm -hmm. It was one of those four stars. It came down so that it was behind that hill. Then it came, this is all according to Benjamin Krem's master, then it came up over the hill, and it, it, it did that white spiral, and then shined that blue light down. Oh, man, it was beautiful. You, you've seen it, right? You've seen the... Yeah. Of it? Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm, perfect. Well, we're told that there's going to be more more um, incidents like that in the future because they're trying more and more to let us know they're there. But that was no Russian missile. That was one of the four stars 
that are here from the Space Brothers to help announce the arrival of the world teacher for the age of Aquarius. That brings us to the next question. Okay. Is he here? Benjamin Krem just went to Japan. Yes. Tell us about that, if you know well, anything. Sure, of course. Um, first, let me talk just a minute about Benjamin Krem, if I may. Benjamin Krem spoke in Osaka on May 15th and in Nagoya on May 18th. He will be speaking in New York Saturday, July 24th, Sunday, August 1st, and in San Francisco Sunday, August 8th. So he will be in New York in July and San Francisco the first week in August. And he's going around the world again telling his story. Um, a fascinating man to listen to, I'll tell you. Mm. And um, yes, he just came from his uh, Japan lectures. He also gives a lecture monthly at Friends House in London. Uh, if you have listeners in London, it's located at 173 Euston Road, just across from Euston Station, and that it will be on June 8th at 7 p.m. and on July 8th at 7 p.m. and all his lectures are free. Um, and that's a friend's house on a monthly basis in London, he speaks. Um, if I may, while I'm at it, I'll be speaking tomorrow in Pasadena, California at the New World Fair. I'll be speaking there at noon. And then on July 18th at 7.30 p.m., I'll be speaking at the Bodhi Tree uh, bookstore in West Hollywood in California to tell the story. So thank you for that, for letting me get those announcements in. Well, thank you for sharing the news. This is work that, it's soul work for you. Yes, it is. You're absolutely right. I'm, I'm, I'm really clear this is one of the reasons that I'm here. And um, uh, what you said during your introduction is absolutely true. This is an amazing, thrilling, wonderful time to be alive. Uh, we are in a new cosmic cycle. Um, you know, it, about every 2,250 years, our Earth, and I'm, ta I'm not talking about astrology now that you read in the newspapers or magazines, that's entertainment. I'm talking about astronomy, the movement of, of heavenly bodies through our cosmos. And about every 2,250 years, our Earth comes into alignment with one of the 12 great um, uh, constellations that are in what we call the zodiac. And, and when we are in alignment with that constellation, we say we are in the age of whatever that constellation is. And for the last 2,000 years, we have been in the age of Pisces. We've been in alignment with the constellation of Pisces, and we've been receiving the Piscean energy. Piscean energy, the two primary energies of Pisces are individuality. Man has come out of the herd in the last 2,000 years. And dedication to an ideal. And that dedication to an ideal, the ideal being freedom, uh, is exactly what defeated the Antichrist in World War II. And you probably notice I said the word Antichrist. <laughs> yeah, that was not a mistake. The Antichrist, according to the Ageless Wisdom, the good news is the Antichrist has come and gone. So those who are afraid that someone is going to fool them and think that they are the Antichrist can relax if, if this makes any sense to them. The Antichrist is not a person, it's an energy. And it's released periodically to break down the old order. It was originally released 2,000 years ago uh, during the time of Nero. It was expressed through
true Nero. If you look in St. John's book of Revelation, um, you'll see he talks about the beast 666. That's Nero that he's talking about. And if you look at any good study Bible in the footnote, it'll say 666 is the numbers represented by the name Caesar Nero. That's in numerology. Um, and Nero Caesar was the, the Antichrist, the beast 666. And if you'll recall, I mean, he was a terrible, terrible man. He persecuted the Christians, something fierce, and single-handedly brought down the Roman Empire and paved the way for Christendom. And, uh, you know, that old saying, Nero fiddled while Rome burned? <laughs> it really happened, you know? Well, it was released then. Then it was re-released 2,000 years later through Hitler, a few of his generals, Mussolini, a couple of his generals, and a couple Japanese generals. And the Antichrist, if you think about it, Hitler did everything the Antichrist is supposed to do. He fooled millions and millions of people into thinking for years, like 30 years, that he was going to build this perfect society, this perfect world. Um, he tried to conquer the world. He killed millions and millions of people. I mean, he was incredibly evil. The Antichrist energy was expressed through him and defeated by the Allied powers in World War II. So the Antichrist for our time has come and gone and paved the way for the teacher for the age of Aquarius. So where is the world teacher, you ask? When is he coming? Well, he's here. He is, he is living outside London. That is his headquarters. Um, he's living outside of London. He, he built his own physical body um, to use during this age, the Aquarius, and he'll be in that body for the next 2,000 years. He's about six feet, as I understand it, he's about six feet three, um, and he's a male, and he came down out of the Himalayas into Pakistan to kind of fine-tune his body and get used to the, you know, these masters, most of them are up in the Himalayas and, and out in the great deserts, the Gobi and so on. They're not used to noise. So... I mean, in a physical body, you can imagine how the pollution and the noise and, and everything uh, is just, must be a tremendous impact on them. Well, anyway. Well, did he come down from spirit and manifest into form, or was he born as a baby? No, he wasn't born as a baby. He has what he calls a body of light. A body of light. And his body of light is at rest in the Himalayas now. And he made a human body. Of course, it has to be able to withstand and withhold that tremendous energy of, of the Christ, the, the, the love of God. He's got to be able to express that and hold that energy inside that body. So, I mean, it's indestructible. You couldn't, you couldn't kill him if you wanted to. Um, well, he, and, could, he could probably change form. Well, he, he can appear and disappear anytime he wants to, absolutely. What, what he usually does, though, is he usually uses what's called a familiar. He will, he will take the shape of a real person who isn't at that location right now. He okay. will take the shape of a real person, and he can appear to you. He has appeared to me a couple times, I've been told by Benjamin Krem. Um, you can shake his hand. You can put your arms around him. You can talk to him. He looks as real and just like a, a regular folk as, as anybody. Mm-hmm. And then he walks around the corner and disappears, <laughs> you know. Um, he, he, he appears to people pretty regularly. He appears as a homeless person, mm. as a woman, a child. Um, he, can, he appears as uh, black people. 
Asian people, white people, anybody, um, usually he appears to someone to teach them a lesson. Um, uh, people write into Share International Magazine. Share International Magazine, Benjamin Krem is the editor of, a, of an international magazine called Share International. And it's $30 a year and it has no advertising because he doesn't want to be beholden to anybody. He wants to virus as he sees it. And um, so he gets letters from people asking him if the person that they saw was the world teacher or one of the other masters. And, um, and then he will print the letter if it was. He'll print the letter and then say who it was. And he's able to tap into that with his guide? That he's in contact with. He, he asks him, because Benjamin Graham doesn't know, but he'll ask his, his master, master who he was, at, and then the master will tell him. So, yeah, he, he always finds this out from his master. So there are 14 masters in the world now that have taken physical bodies. Some of them were born of women and some weren't. Most were not. Um, there's a master in, let's see, I don't want to get, I don't want to get these wrong now. There's a master in Darjeeling. There's a master in Geneva. There's a master in um, Tokyo. There's a master in London. There's a master in Rome. Um, there's a master in Moscow. There's a master in New York. And there's a master in the San Bernardino Mountains, among others. Now, the master in London, of course, is the, the world teacher. Maitreya is his name, M-A-I-T-R-E-Y-A. -E um, the, the master in Rome, he lives just outside of Rome, most of the world will be familiar with, that's the master Jesus. He is living outside Rome, and a couple of the cardinals in the Pope that are close to the Pope know he's there, um, but have been asked not to tell anybody because of the free will aspect. You see, if the Pope comes out and says, well, Jesus is here, every Catholic in the world is going to believe it because the Pope said it. And so it would infringe people's free will. So they have to, at, at some point, you will see the world teacher standing side by side with Jesus on TV, and he will introduce him as, you know, this is my beloved friend, the Master Jesus. Um, really? We're going to see Jesus and the world teacher, Maitreya? I don't think I don't think everybody's ready to accept it. But wouldn't you say that a lot more people, on a great level, are waking up and realizing there's more than than God wanting to put fear in His people? Yes, I do. Maitreya said um, through the Agni Yoga teachings, he said, and this is a paraphrase. I don't remember the exact quote, but he said in the Agni Yoga teachings, he said um, there was a time when one true man could save the world. Then there was a time when a thousand couldn't. I will call on one billion. And Benjamin Krem asked his master um, just several months ago, I think it was November, he asked his master, he said, does Maitreya have his billion yet? And his master said, there are 1.8 billion people ready for him to come forward. In 8 billion. So that's the answer to your question. Now, 6.5 billion, 1.8, are ready 
to accept the fact that there's a world teacher and that we need help right now. See, everything was built with Piscean energy. Everything we have, our, our financial system, our healthcare system, our educational system, our governments, everything was built with Piscean energy. Well, since 1625, Piscean energy has been withdrawing and since 1675, Aquarian energy has been coming in. So it's no mystery that everything built with Aquarian energy is crystallizing and collapsing. The educational system doesn't work anymore. The healthcare system doesn't work anymore. Um, the governments don't represent the people anymore. And, and you can go on and on and on down the list. It's not working anymore, and everything we do to try to fix it doesn't work. That's because it needs to be rebuilt with Aquarian energy. And the two primary um, focuses of Aquarian energy are synthesis and cooperation. You'll see a lot more work done in groups in the future. We need to learn how to cooperate with each other so that we can have justice in this world and brotherhood. That's the next step for humanity. The next step for humanity is brotherhood, right relationship. Another way to say right relationship is righteousness. That's the definition of righteousness. So what we are going to see is we're going to see humanity cooperating a lot more with each other. We're going to see countries sharing the excesses with each other. As I speak to you right now, about every nine seconds, someone dies in this world of starvation or a starvation-related illness. Every nine seconds. And yet we have a 10% surplus per capita surplus of food in the world. But it's getting wasted. It's getting sent to governments that steal it so the leaders can have all the food. It's sitting in storage bins um, until we get the right price for it. And if we don't get the right price, it rots in the storage bin. So the food is there, but it's not getting distributed. So all of this needs to change. All of this and will change. And will change with the proper leadership. See, now we get back to the Space Brothers. I mean, these people are incredibly intelligent. Mars, for example, um, is thousands of years ahead of us in technology. Um, every life has a planet. Every planet has a life, I'm sorry. Every planet has a life and evolves just like human beings do. And the planets have um, basically seven phases that they go through. We're in the middle. We're in the fourth stage, planet Earth. So is Mars. But Mars hasn't made the mistakes we've made, so they're thousands of years ahead of us in technology. Venus, on the other hand, is in the seventh round. They're almost a perfected planet. And so we could learn a lot from these folks if we would be open to them. And, um, and you know that there are people in the governments who, who are scared to death that we're going to be friendly with these folks and find out that they could really help us, and then we're going to look to them instead of to our leaders and our leaders are going to lose all their power. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen, especially when we look uh, in, in twofold. We've got a higher consciousness that we can achieve by reaching upward in our thoughts and perhaps being then, like Benjamin, able to communicate with ascended masters or other beings, space brothers, as you call them, beings that are there to help us and yeah, there's technology that we can have that's waiting for us as long as we can prove to the rest of the universe, universe says, that we're not going to blow up the earth. Exactly. Exactly. You're so right, Lauren. You're exactly right. We, they are afraid we're going to blow up the earth. 
and when they make the crop circles, they, they make these, you know, of course the spaceship is invisible, and that's why people don't ever see crop circles being made by spaceships. They only show us the spaceships when they want to show us the spaceships, but they're, they're usually made at night, and they're, they're made by thought. The, the, the spaceships respond to thought. That is how far advanced their technology is. They fly their spacecraft by thought. The machinery responds to human thought. So most of the pilots are from Venus, Mars, and I think it's Jupiter. Um, but most are from Venus. Most are Venusians. Um, and these are very advanced people, and they think where they want to go, and they go there. And so they hover over an area, they think the crop circle they want to make, whatever design they want to make, they think it, and the spacecraft makes it in seconds, like nine, 12 seconds, boom, it's done. From energy that bends the corn stalks. Without breaking them. Now, what are those messages supposed to trigger us to do? Yeah, that's a great question. Two things that I'm aware of. The spiritual, the spiritual mission of the crop circles is, number one, it's their calling card. It's a very gentle, non-frightening way of saying, we're here, we're real, they're making these crop circles, and their designs are so complex that, I mean, there's just no way two men with boards strapped to their feet could make those things, you know? Mm -hmm. And some of them are huge, two, three football fields long, beautiful. So the number one, they're a calling card showing us that they're here. But number two, and very interesting, is that they're marking magnetic grids in the Earth's crust. And so the, the Earth has energies, of course, flowing through it, magnetic energies flowing through it. And where those energies cross, that's a vortex. And, and there are vortices all around planet Earth, and they're marking some of these for a future technology which the masters are going to teach us. It's called the technology of light or the science of light. And it is going to provide mankind with pollution-free, endless, harmless supply of energy forever. The technology of light. Using primarily the energy from the Earth's grid and from the sun. But as you said so astutely, Loren, they're not going to give us the technology of light until they know that we are done making war. Because they know us, and one way or another, we're going to find a way to make a weapon out of that, you know? So, we yeah. would find a way to make a weapon out of that technology, and we would find a way to start destroying each other. So, we cannot be given the technology of light until we have left war behind. But that's the second purpose for the crop circles that I'm aware of. There may be others. I'm aware of those, too. The fact that they're a calling card and they're marking the magnetic grid um, of Earth's energy for this future science of light. You also mentioned that there were four spiritual missions. The first one is to mop up pollution, keep our planet alive. We are killing our planet. Now, the problem is that they're, they're limited by the law of karma, as to how much they can mop up because because we're not doing the work. Do you know what I'm saying? If we were doing the work, they could mop up more. <laughs> well, if we were doing the work by asking, by invoking their help? We don't have to. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, eventually that'll happen. 
Okay. Eventually that will happen. But what has to happen more than that is we have to take action ourselves. And so slowly but surely we're, getting, we're coming to the realization that we are killing the planet, that, that, that it isn't uh, a bunch of lies, and, um, and we will start to clean up our own planet. But the first thing they're doing is they're helping mop up pollution as much as they can given that they're limited by karmic law. The second thing, second spiritual mission is to make the crop circles for the two reasons I just told you. Okay. The third spiritual mission is the four stars to announce the imminent arrival of the world teacher for the age of Aquarius. And the fourth one is the emergence to help the, the world teacher with his emergence in other ways as part of the, what he calls the forces of light. The forces of light are the thousands and thousands of UFOs that, that will be helping um, behind the scenes, helping us make changes on planet Earth, and the, the 63 masters of those 63, just over 40, will actually take physical bodies before the age of Aquarius is over. So over the next 2,000 years, there will be 40 masters, not just one. 40, a little more than 40, probably 42, um, that will be working in, each has their own department. One will be working in the arts, one will be working in the sciences, one will be working in healthcare, one will be working in food, one, do you know what I'm saying? They each have their special areas where they will be helping mankind. Now, they can't just wave a magic wand and make it happen. We have to do the work. We have to do the work. So they're going to be teachers is what they're going to be, basically, teachers, and, and, and they're going to be an inspiration to us. But we have to do the work. So we have to listen to them. We have to recognize that maybe what they're saying makes some sense here, and, um, and, then, and then follow their suggestions. And if we do that, things are going to be okay. And so these teachers and the world teacher will be with us. They will be at the center of Earth's activities for the next 2,000 years. So... So every lifetime when I come back, they will be at the center of Earth's activity, and you too. And this is what we are trying to achieve in our in our own soul embodiments that we come here to do, is to achieve what the masters achieve. Well, and to become masters. To master the third this third dimension, to master uh, this realm. You're exactly right, because the world teacher says the spiritual crisis with humanity right now is we don't know who we are. Mm -hmm. And it's affecting every aspect of life. We don't know who we are. See, most philosophies, including the ageless wisdom and most major religions, agree humanity is made up of four aspects. Physical, emotional, which is also called astral, by the way. Um, astral is the level of emotion. Physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Those are the four aspects of humanity in ascending order. Well, man is pretty physically developed now. We've evolved almost completely physically. I, 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 as I understand it, we're going to see more colors, hundreds of shades of colors that we don't see now. Uh -huh. and, um, and we're going to become telepathic. And so those are the two physical areas that, that we'll develop more, our brain and our, and our vision. But, but physically, we've pretty well developed. Emotionally, we have overdeveloped, actually. Um, most of humanity makes most of their decisions based on feelings. And then we make the decision, and then our feelings change, because feelings are temporary. 
then after the exchange, we go, oh, why did I do that? How am I going to fix that? How am I going to make that right? Because I feel differently now, you know? So most of humanity right now is centered in emotional or astral existence. The two levels above that, which is the order of evolution, are mental and spiritual. So the goal now for humanity and for each of us is to develop our mental, our mind. Not the brain. The brain is the computer part of the physical. Mm -hmm. But our mind. The mind is the creative part. The mind is the part that can take a big chunk of granite and make a beautiful statue out of it, or a blank canvas and make a beautiful painting. That's the mind. And the mind and the soul, or spirit, the, the spiritual part of us, that's where we need to evolve to now. So we need to make more decisions from the mental level. We need to have our mind making more decisions about how we run our life than we do our feelings. We need to put our mind in charge and not our feelings in charge more and more. And when the mind and the soul, the mind and the spirit, combine and work together, that's how we get higher intuition. Higher intuition is the mind interacting with the soul. And so gut feel is a very low thing. That's down in your stomach. That's, that's emotional. And what we want to do is we want to move from getting a gut feel about things to getting an intuition about things. We want to get our mind and our soul interacting. Because the mind is the translator of the soul. The soul's job, the Age of Wisdom says you can picture the soul as a multi-pointed white light about six inches above the top of your head, connected by golden threads to your mind and your heart. Isn't that lovely? So the, the mind's job is to translate what the soul wants from us. Some people would say in plain English that means it's the mind's job to figure out what God's will is for us to do through our soul, you know. So the soul is trying to get us to get our mind and our emotions and our body to do the soul's will, God's will. And so the more we can get in touch with the mental and spiritual, the more we're going to grow and evolve. And the royal road to that growth is twofold. Meditation and service. Meditation and service. The, per, the, the goal of the soul is to serve. So whenever we serve, in whatever way we choose to serve, and there are many ways we can do it, there are many needs out there, we can do it walking across the street, just picking up a piece of trash and dumping it in the next trash container we come to. That's service. We can serve in many ways, and when we do that, we are responding to the soul. So that's where humanity wants to go. We want to keep evolving up, up into the mental and spiritual so that the mind and the spirit are running our lives instead of our feelings and our aches and pains, you know, our body. Oh, I don't feel well today. I guess I won't go do my meditation. Wait, 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 go do it. <laughs> you know, don't let your body hold you back. And, and the nice thing about rebirth, which is one of the great, great God's great laws, rebirth and karma are two of the laws that determine our lives. Rebirth, I don't mean, by the way, I don't mean the transmigration of souls where people come back as animals. That's a whole different ballgame. By rebirth, I mean the soul keeps taking a different physical body, and each time it picks up where it left off last time. That's what I mean by rebirth. Mm. So it, the soul has a memory, and it remembers where it left off in its last lifetime. So it goes, it learns from some of the masters, it learns what its purposes are in the next lifetime, three or four purposes. And then it goes and tries to pick a body that will help it achieve those purposes. 
and then it picks up where it left off last time. So if you were meditating in your last lifetime, in the next meditation, in the next lifetime, meditation is probably going to appeal to you. You know, and it, and it and it works that way. It picks up where it leaves off until we've learned all the lessons that planet Earth can teach us. Then we don't need a body anymore. This was demonstrated by Jesus when he rose from the dead and ascended and became a permanent spirit. So, so that's that's our job. And and great teachers come to inspire us and help us. Right now, each major religion in the world is looking for its great teacher, which is an interesting time. The Jews are looking for the Messiah to come forward. The Hindus are looking for Krishna to come forward, the next Krishna. The Buddhists are looking for the next Buddha. By the way, they got the name right. It's the Maitreya Buddha. And the Muslims are looking for the Messiah or the Imam Mahdi, depending on the sect of Muslim. And, of course, the Christians are looking for Christ to return, but scared to death that it'll be the Antichrist. But all of the world's major religions are looking for their great teacher to come at about this time, and the world teacher comes to fulfill all those prophecies. And that's why he flew from Pakistan to London and to, to fulfill the prophecy that he would come out of the clouds. And he did. Well, now, you had mentioned earlier that Benjamin Krem had mentioned to you that he appeared to you. Do you recall that? Oh, sure. Usually people know that they have uh, been exposed to a master when it's a simple little run-in that they have with somebody, but they can't get it out of their mind. Two or three days later, they're still thinking about it. And it was a very common occurrence, but mm -hmm. they just can't get it out of their mind. Uh -huh. With a stranger. Yes. Or they'll feel like their heart is just jumping inside them, they're so happy. Or they'll, they'll notice something in the eyes that, that, that just touches them in a special way. Those are the three most common ways that I've heard that, that people react when they have talked to or met with a master. And it can be a very small thing. One day, um, I was going to school, I was going to night school at the time, and I left to walk to the parking lot, and two young boys were coming towards me down the sidewalk, and I was looking down at the sidewalk, and I looked up just at the last minute, and right behind them was a young woman with shoulder-length dark hair, and she looked at me with these big, beautiful eyes, and she had kind of a Mona Lisa smile. And I looked up just at the last second. I couldn't have seen her for more than two seconds. And she walked on, and my heart just jumped. And I thought, oh, boy, I wish I could make other people feel that good just by smiling at them. And, and I couldn't stop thinking about her. I mean, I almost floated to the car, you know. <laughs> so I finally wrote into Benjamin Krem, and he said, yes, that was, that was the world teacher Maitreya in, the, in a young woman's body. Mm. Then, uh, then one time I was driving my car, and I came to a stop sign, and I looked over at the bus bench at that corner, and there was a, a homeless man in a long, dirty trench coat with a long, straggly beard and mustache, kind of slouched down in the in the uh, bus bench and kind of looking at me out of the top of his eyes. And I looked over at him and my first thought was, that man is looking right through me. And then the light turned green and I drove on. But I, but I couldn't forget it. I rode into Benjamin Cram, it was the Master Jesus. I used to give some, I used to go down every Saturday, there was a homeless guy that kind of lived in the park next door to where my wife and I lived. and. I would give, go down every Saturday, and usually he'd be there, and I'd give him some money. Well, my mom sent me some Christmas cookies, really good Christmas cookies from Minnesota this year. This year. So I put some together in a coffee can 
for him. And I went down there and he wasn't there. But there was another guy down there <clears throat> folding clothes. He looked homeless. He had a shopping cart and he was folding clothes on one of the benches in the park. He had shoulder length brown hair. His face was kind of ruddy looking, complexion like he lived outside. And um, I had heard that they would sometimes prefer to be called campers. So I went over to him with my cookies and I said, uh, excuse me, are you a camper? And he said, well, I guess you could say that. And I'm noticing these clothes are looking awful clean and awful pressed that he's folding. But I didn't think anything more about it. I just said, well, my mom sent me some cookies and I thought you might like to have them. And he said, oh, I'm sure if they're from your mother, they're very good cookies. Thank you very much. And I said, you're welcome. And I went back up, but I could not get this guy out of my mind. And I finally rode in to Benjamin Krem, and once again, it was the Master Jesus, um, looking like a homeless man. So I think the message there was keep giving to the homeless. <laughs> you know, um, they often appear when you need help. So your listeners have probably had run-ins with masters and not known it, and, and I would just suggest you keep your eyes open, you know. I can tell you when, um, when this world teacher comes forward, one of the things I'd like to do is share with you how you'll be able to recognize him. Here's how his emergence is happening. Uh, we were told that it would start out with him being interviewed as an ordinary man in his, in his self-made body, but as an ordinary man, he would not say, my name is Maitreya, he would not say I'm the world teacher, he would just appear as an ordinary man being interviewed by talk shows across the world, um, and that people and the media will be interested in how this guy is so wise. This guy has such wonderful things to say. Who is this person? I want to hear more from him. I want to hear more. He'll talk about sharing, the need for countries to share the excess. He'll talk about justice. He'll talk about peace. He'll talk about the brotherhood of humanity. He'll be talking about things like that. His first four priorities are feeding the, the starving millions, yeah. getting, home, getting a home for everyone, uh, getting health care for everyone, and that everyone has a right to an education in an area of their interest. So food, housing, health care, and education are his first four priorities. He is not a religious teacher. He does not come as a religious teacher. He comes for religious and non-religious alike. And those are his first four priorities. So he's, you're going to be hearing him talk about that kind of thing. Now, I am told, we are told by Benjamin Krem now, he just released uh, in London a, a news release that said that, that the world teacher has now been interviewed 11 times on an American network. So we don't know who that is. No, we don't, and I don't either. I, to my knowledge, I have not seen one of those interviews. It's not Raj Patel. No, it's not. He's made that pretty clear. So um, that was who everybody thought at first. And when the world demands to know who he really is, then he can tell us who he is without infringing our free will. So at that time, he will set up a news cover. The media will set up a worldwide press conference for him. And by satellite, he will speak to the entire world. That's what the satellites are up there for. They're not up there for World Cup soccer. <laughs> They're up there for this event. He says it will be my day of declaration when I declare who I am. And on that day, he will be seen on every television network hooked up by satellite 
and on all the radio stations, and he will be interviewed, and then he will reveal who he is. And nobody knows how long he'll talk or when exactly that will be, but he will probably talk anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes. He will no doubt talk, give a short history of the world. He will talk about where we went wrong. He'll talk about what we need to do to fix things, and he'll probably give us a short vision of how wonderful the future is going to be if we take the right action. And on that day of declaration, everyone will hear him over the age of 12 that has that is open to this possibility at all will hear him, and there are three ways you'll know it's him. Here we go. Now you'll know. Number one, you'll see his face on TV, but his lips won't move. You will hear his words in your head in whatever your native language is, telepathy. He will speak telepathically to the entire world. Farmers working in the fields will hear his voice in their head. People on ships at sea will hear his voice in, in their head. Everyone, that's how all eyes will see and all ears will hear. Everyone will hear his words, so that's number one. His lips won't move, you'll hear his words in your head. Number two. While he is speaking, you will feel the love of God in your heart like you have never felt it before. Trust the love in your heart. The Antichrist can't do that. There will be crying. I'll probably be one of them, Lauren. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, so that's number two. You'll feel the love of God in your heart like you've never felt it before. And number three, we will find out afterwards that while he was speaking, there were hundreds of thousands of miraculous healings around the world. And in those three ways, we will know that this is the world teacher who isn't going to wave a magic wand, that's not how it works, but who will help us, give us some instruction, give us some guidance, give us some inspiration. And if we're willing to do the work, we can turn this, this planet Earth completely around and we will have a life on this Earth that we never dreamed possible. I'll tell you, there's a, there's a great law. It's called the Law of Equilibrium. And that means however bad it got, that's how good it's going to get. It's got to work out that way because of that law. It's choosing to be that better human that we really were way back in the beginning before we fell from grace. Yep, that's exactly right. We need to be reminded that we are spirits and that we're here on a spiritual mission. Our mission is to evolve planet Earth. See, humanity is the middle. Humanity is the middle ground. We're the middle ground between the animal kingdom and the spiritual kingdom because we are both. We have a physical body and we have a spirit. We have a soul. We're both. So we're the go-between. We, it's our job to spiritualize planet Earth. Planet Earth will evolve only because we evolve, and that's our job. Boy, it's an exciting time to be alive, Lauren. I'm telling you, we are seeing the beginning of a golden age for humanity, a golden era, and we can help make it happen. And Maitreya said that after the day of declaration, people will be walking on tiptoes so they don't disturb anything. <laughs> he said, you will feel the love as if I embrace you physically. It's going to be something. And I'm telling you, that's going to be within one to three years. Well, thank you for doing your job and your sole purpose. So, Richard Larson, thank you for being here and sharing with us today. It's been my pleasure, Loren. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you.
and thank you too for listening. If you've enjoyed this program, be sure to send it to your friends so we can get the word out. And also mark this show as a favorite so you can stay informed of all the spiritual news in truth, love, and unity. 